But you can't... But I know it's hard to imagine someone who's normal when you are like you are. No, see, normal would be five right. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but you could have, like, superpowers. Maybe you're suppressing them, I don't know, but if you have psychic abilities, you could do anything. We're gonna go for a joyride. What dimension are you even in? I don't like the looks of this. It doesn't say how far the detour goes. You just made a wrong turn heading south. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And uh, uh, Terry is so far away at this point in time. Literally, no, actually, uh, at a twist, at a Twilight Zone twist, we're actually in the same room recording because we, you know, we're like, you know, uh, damn the odds. We just need to see each other. The Strange Highways led me back. <laughs> I don't know how. I, I owe him like 20 bucks and he's like, I'm here to collect. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, we're going to record right now too. I'm like, so yeah. this is all under duress. Up yours, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, just, you know, it's it, it just the, the plants aligned and uh, we both washed our hands vigorously and um, with very yeah. hot water. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I had a bright idea that when we had to relight our pilot light on our water heater, there's a setting. It's like hot and it says very hot, like almost like a cartoon knob. And I was like, yeah, very hot. Cause I, I, um, regardless of time of year, I take really hot showers. I don't know how, what your shower taking, uh, it's getting into a weird spot already. So Terry, tell me about <laughs> you taking showers, please. I, I do like taking very hot showers, but unfortunately our, Water heater doesn't like to cooperate the way I would like it to. Like, hey, you want hot water to clean your dishes to sanitize them? How about lukewarm? <laughs> yeah, so I want I want to be lobster red when I come out of a shower, and and my wife is very much different than me. But I, I think we need to bring the the water heater down a smidge because. Uh, it gets hot super fast. So like, if you're just like, I'm going to turn on the tap and it's like, Oh, I'm missing a hand now. Like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty volcanic. I know. So I, I apologize, but, uh, yeah, like I was like, this will be a really good hot shower. Yeah. And it's going to, it's, I'm, I'll melt like, uh, the guy in, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's what's going to happen. And I'll probably be like, it still needs to be hotter. That'd be great. Um, but at least you know you're clean. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, t- for me, the key tenets of a shower, like, like temperature has to be high. And you need good water pressure. Like I'm talking like you need to be able to like a sandblaster, like just to like, I want to be, I want to follow my ass from the, 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 the shower head being that strong. That's a good shower to hell, me. Hell yeah. There, there's a couple of hotels I've been to where they have those shower heads or whatever they're, mm-hmm. whatever the combination is. 
I feel like it takes off a layer of skin. I'm like, it it should because I've just stayed at your hotel, so <laughs> <laughs> I need that. Yeah, I need. I just like. I, I guess I just need uh, just like a pressure washer, like as a shower head, and then just shooting hot lava at me. But anyway. Uh, that's the kind of wonderful conversation that you don't always get into uh, via Skype. So hope you guys enjoyed that shower talk there. That's uh, it's been great. Uh, this is actually the first time uh, Terry and I have been in the same room recording since um, oh, it was uh, uh, Jezebel, a uh, season four. Was that the last time? We I were, think so. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I were trying to figure out the last time, and I was like, I have no idea because the next episode that we did after that was No Time Like the Present, where we did that via Skype with Trevor. So, and that became yeah. the trend. Yeah. So this is this is it's been a while, but uh, because just to make Terry feel at home, that cat was a witch. So you heard that in person. You get to hear it again. But that's not that's not that that's not this Twilight Zone. We're talking about a different Twilight Zone. Uh, this is the Jordan Peele um, season two that's on CBS All Access. So I hope you guys have been watching it with us. Um, maybe you've watched ahead. You know, so but we're at season two, episode five. So we're at the halfway mark of the season among the untrodden. Uh, directed by Tyresia Poe. I think that's how you say her first name. Um, so uh, there, there's a lot of interesting things in terms of the casting and the production of this episode uh, because there's a lot of newer people that come into this, and we'll talk more about that in a second. But I just want to mention she had uh, directed two episodes of something called Two Sentence Horror Stories, which sounds like a lot of fun. I've never checked it out. Sounds like a fun, fun concept. Uh, but also wrote and directed a film called Sella uh, uh, and the Spades. Um, that so I'm going to read to you the description of the film, and you're going you're to be like, "Oh, this is probably a good thing why she got picked for this episode to direct it." Five factions run the underground life of Haldwell School, a prestigious East Coast boarding school. At the head of the most powerful faction, the Spades, sits Sella Summers, walking the fine line between being feared and loved. I guess that works. I, yeah. <laughs> so she, so she's had experience uh, with um, with female uh, power structures in boarding schools, and has directed some horror stuff. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, and then also uh, this was written by Heather Ann Campbell. Uh, she this is her third episode of the current series that she's written. She's a co executive producer of the series now. Uh, she wrote uh, Six Degrees of Freedom for the first season, which is meh, it's it's okay, not great. But then she also wrote Not All Men, which I, I meant to text you a couple days ago. To I know you've not watched all of season one yet. That's a really fun episode because it's like, it, I mean, it's also dark, but it's like, I, 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 was, I meant to tell you to watch that because it's like then coming into this again, you'd be like, oh, you kind of get where Heather Ann Campbell's coming with some of this stuff. Um, she is mainly a comedian or she was, a com- she still is a comedian, uh, was right on SNL for a season. Uh, and then also was on um, whose line is it anyway? So like she has a background in comedy, and so some of the dialogue here is is pretty whip smart. And there's a lot of fun dialogue in the episode she's written. Um, but I, you can just tell that she wants to kind of stretch her legs and show that she is just more than just like you know jokes. Yeah, I mean Jordan Peele did it, so he probably oh, sees that same that yeah. same light in her that she can she can go outside the lines a little bit of what people have probably even typecasted her as. Um, for anything that I have for her, otherwise would be uh, uh, she wrote eighty nine episodes of Animation Domination High Def, and then she like you were saying she's an actress as well. Um, she was in two episodes of Key and Peele. Mm-hmm. And so, she does, she's been the producer of all 20 episodes of the new Jordan Peele Twilight Zone as well. 
Yeah. So I'm glad that people that are, you know, give, that have producing titles are literally producing for the show. So, um, so when I saw the name, I'm like, why do I know that name? And I'm like, oh yeah, I've, we've, I, we've encountered her twice before. So good, good call here. Like I, I, you know, like again, six degrees of freedom was kind of okay, but, um, I just, for an episode about like a space crew that I, I don't think it stuck the landing and pun intended, but not all men was pretty solid. So again, um, I was excited. The once I figured out it was her, I, 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 tr- I trust that we're going to get something interesting. And I wasn't, I was not disappointed. Yeah. I, I wish I would have done my homework a little bit more. Uh, I've been like kind of strapped lately. So unfortunately I did not watch those other two episodes that she had participated in, but uh, you know, obviously I, 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 there's some homework to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into this cast. Uh, so again, everything's a little loosey goosey cause everything just kind of came out, but um, yeah. So take it away, Terry. Okay. So like I, I, this is another little shot against IMDb. Didn't make a bit of sense of why they put people in the order that they did, but I'm going to, I'm going to roll with this. So first we have uh, Abby Hearn. Uh, she plays Madison. I have, she's in nothing. She's, in, <laughs> there's nothing That's else. Not true. There was a short she was in. This is her second credit. Okay. I'm uh, sorry. So I, I just want to point out like, wow, this is her second credit and she's the anchor of, well, she's you know one of the two leads of this episode and she is so good at it. Um, and I, I honestly thought I like, when you first see her, it's like, this person probably has a background on like, uh, like Disney TV shows and stuff. And it's like, no, but, um, if any indication, this is this is some good resume builder. Oh, definitely. I yeah, and I agree with you. Like about the Disney, she has that look. Yeah, like, and she's young. She's a pretty girl, and I I'm surprised, especially after we have watched this episode, that she hadn't been in anything kind of relevant. I mean, yeah, she was in the short, but no, no, he literally has done nothing else. And then, nah. and well, like get to the next actress as well. So yeah. Uh, so uh, next we have Sophia. Macy, uh, she plays Irene, and the only thing that I saw that of recently that I I've heard of, uh, she was in a movie called The Layover. Okay, yeah. So, but this is her third credit. Again, like strong, strong performance here. Uh, credit to the casting director that brought them in. Uh, and again, like if this is if this is a good foundation to be like, hey, I was just in the Twilight Zone, and I was a co lead. Good for good for them, but yeah, it's funny because um, we were talking before we started recording about like trying to take notes, and when doing notes for the original series, it can get a bit of a rabbit hole sometimes because you're looking at these careers that span decades, right? And then you find all these weird cross connections, or you learn about their lives, and like you know, uh, and this one, it's like, oh, she exists and has done three things. Next, like it's it's not bad. It's just it. Researching these these episodes is considerably easier than the other ones that we've done. So, um, you know, it's not a negative. Yeah, and, and it's, it's going to be fun in the future when we glance back at these kinds of uh, discussions because, you know, you can, you can see a lot of promise in these young actresses. Like, they're going to go somewhere at some point. Like, as long as so, they have the ambition, yeah. Yeah. they're going to go somewhere because they definitely have the chops. And, and we've seen so far with, um, with Monkey's Paw, like Jordan Peele's company, that they're they're finding good people to put in positions to succeed so they're finding opportunity so credit to that yeah definitely so all right so now here's where we start to take weird turns uh as far as our uh cast so amanda burke she plays stern teacher that's what she was labeled as um 
not I wouldn't have put her high on the credit, but that's kind of where they I'm following IMDb at this point. Uh, so uh, one other episode of the Twilight Zone, the new series, that is um, the Blue Scorpion. Yeah, that's a fun episode. I can't recall her character in that. But uh, again, it's about a haunted gun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. No, so, no didn't mean that to rhyme. But yes. <laughs> so uh, and in a few episodes of Twilight or I'm sorry, uh, X-Files mm-hmm. um, and Supergirl. Yeah, and she's also in the the new uh, was it Jeremy Saulnier film Hold the Dark. He's the guy that did a uh, Blue Ruin and Green Room. Oh, great! Um, I've not seen Hold the Dark. I need um, I need to, um, but uh, I know his movies are always kind of a uh, an emotional roller coaster. Um, so, but kind of you have to be right place and right time to watch his his films. Oh, I love Green Room. I still have not seen Blue Ruin. Blue so. Ruin is, is is like it is cool. I checked it out somewhat recently, and also his first film is uh, Murder Party. I heard that's great too. It, yeah, it's quirky and weird. It, it, it's purposely a comedy, but he gets some really screwed up places. Um, but yeah, like so. Anyway, uh, hold the dark. I've heard it's good. I just have not seen it. Cool. So I'm gonna check that stuff out. So uh, next we have uh, Hallie uh, Galloway. Uh, she plays Debbie <laughs> she, for like two seconds in this episode. She plays Aubrey Plaza in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. She plays uh, Winona Ryder from Beetlejuice in this episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a, and, and she I plays Helena Bottom Carter Jr. in this episode. Like, it's, yeah, that, that, that's a good call, honestly. With very curly hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't only know credit. Any, yeah, yeah. So, the, the, yeah. No, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Hallie. Um, uh, yeah, but she was in this episode for like two seconds. So again. Yeah, not, nothing it's, against it's, her, or like we're not like shortchanging her. She was in a very. No, small I, just, I just think that when we get to the like, we're almost we're we're most way through this. There is there's a twist here that I can't wait to get to that yeah. maybe you've seen coming, but I think it's hilarious. For a lot of the principals in this have had very few credits so far. So then next we have Anise Harris. Uh, she plays Gwen. Uh, she has a very small. Uh, IMDb and I, I did not recognize anything in it. Did you? No, four credits. So that means, um, and two of them in post production. So they're not even been released yet. So this is her actual second visible credit. Um, I just like that one of the post productions is called Cheer Squad Secrets. So she's one of the the brat pack of girls here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, really, um, you know. So that makes sense. And then also the the film in post production called A Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. So I am interested. Yeah, I, I looked up the uh, description on that. Uh, it it's supposed to be like a comedy mm-hmm. slash fantasy. Uh, could be fun. I mean, like, we'll I'm, see. I'm in the minority that I actually liked. Um, what was it, the Boy Scouts Guide to Surviving? The oh zombie. my god, it was so good. I was yeah. so surprised by. It. We but, saw it at the same drive. Yeah, or, we, uh, we were at the Twelve Hours of Terror. Yeah, yes. and the, the Cleveland thing and. That movie, I mean, having no expectations, I thought that movie was pretty funny. I was yeah. pleasantly surprised. Is by it, it a boy? It's a Boy Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Yes. I think. It's, yeah, um, yeah. I thought that like some people people shit all over, and it's like it's a comedy with kids fighting zombies, and I don't know, it's not bad. I mean, I when I was when I heard it was coming out, I wasn't going to pay to go see it. But no, seeing it for free and unannounced, my my the bar was set low, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, there there are. <laughs> There are a few movies out there like this. Like I like Detroit Rock City. It's a shit film, but I like the film. I wanted to go see it at the theater. Didn't get a chance. But that's another one of those movies that people are like, "It's terrible. Why do you like it?" I'm like, "Because I like terrible movies sometimes." Yeah, like <laughs> my my favorite guilty pleasure of like a movie that is probably bad, but I think it's great is Saving Silverman. Like I love that film. 
I don't know what it is. There's something about I love Steve Zahn and Jack Black in that movie. I know you're not a big Jack Black guy. It, he's <laughs> he works for the film. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know the so Neil I, Diamond coming. I, I, I can <laughs> wa- I can watch that on a loop, and people some people don't like it. I don't. It just works for me. So yeah, um, I'm hoping this uh, Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. Uh, you know, if a punch is a little bit above its weight, then that's a good thing. Yeah. So uh, next we have Marcy House. Uh, she plays Miss Wal- uh, Walton's. Watson. Yeah, yeah, she's the not so stern teacher. Yeah, um, she she was actually the most accomplished from our cast here. So she was in some epi- or she was in the movie X Files. I want to believe uh, she was in the day the Earth, the day the Earth stood still remake. She was in Godzilla, the the newer installment, and then um, f- uh, seven episodes of iZombie. There you go. I have, she, yeah, like, so if you look a lot of, like, the stuff that, there's a lot of CW stuff, so it looks like she's based, you know, probably, there's a lot of Vancouver shooting locations, right? So that makes sense. Uh, but she's in two episodes of a CW show called Reaper that um, ended prematurely because of the writer's strike a few years ago. I love that show. Um, so I'm glad to see that popped up. Um, really fun show, by the way. Uh, it's, uh, kid inadvertently gets his, his uh, soul sold to the devil by his parents because his dad is like dying of cancer. So he grows up not knowing that his soul is owed to the devil. So the devil comes collecting and was like, Hey, just, you know, I want to make you uh, collect wayward souls. And he's like, he's like a slacker working at like a home Depot. Uh, Tyler beans in it too. Like it's his best buddy from uh, Tucker and Dale. Oh, great. Like, great. It, it's like, it's a fun watch, but just go in knowing that it doesn't resolve because the show just, stopped because of the writer strike. Yeah, that's, um, that's but there's a, a lot bummer. of fun there. There's, Kevin Smith directed the pilot episode because he believed in the project. It's it's actually a lot of fun. But anyway, um, and then she was also in the, the most recent Battlestar Galactica, um, Fifty Shades Freed. <laughs> I know you've seen that. So like <laughs> just, just that one. Didn't just want that to see it. Like, <laughs> you were confused the entire time. You're like, what's going on? No. Uh, and and continuing our trend here with um, with the current Twilight Zone, uh, Marcy Tea Houses and Christmas Cookies, a TV Christmas movie. I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> I knew it. I, I saw she had like three Christmas movie credits. Oh, I, I didn't see the other ones. I should have noted that. I, yeah, I I'll like, just say that I was taking notes. I started laughing. My wife's like, what's what's up? And I was like, I need to explain to you this running theme of made-for-TV Christmas movies with cast of these I- I, I, I don't think you're doing it because of that. I think you're doing it because you know how much I dislike Christmas oh, movies. Oh, no, that's the, <laughs> that's the joke. That's the joke. And that, so I'm, I I just I take glee. I, I get a little bit of holiday cheer um, whenever I find a made-for-TV Christmas movie <laughs> connection. And, yeah, like, yeah. oh, Hallmark, I'm a, sh- a big shout-out for you on Strange Highways. <laughs> yeah, you know. Because that's, I mean, I tell you this, notice, but around the holiday season, we're going to cover... Some, um, no, we're not. We're not going to cover the. <laughs> you did a kid. Keep me yeah. carrying the joke. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Uh, who do we have next? Uh, all right. So, is this Esther? Yeah, it's Esther Lee. Esther uh, she Lee. plays Lisa. Um, three credits. Again, um, you know, young actress. Uh, not much yet. You know, cool. Uh, you know, you want to say more, but that that is what it is. Yep. So, uh, and then uh, Glee. Oh, you are? Oh, you are? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, as Arna. Arna, yeah, I, nothing. Only credit. So, hey, yeah. if this is your starting point. Cool. And then the last person, I'll, I'll say this one is uh, Siler or Skyler uh, Radizan. Um, she is the new girl, um, and we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, in the episode for like three seconds. Um, of, but of all the young female actresses in this episode, she has twenty nine credits. 
So she's like the most established of all of them. And she's in the episode the least amount of time. Mm. I just find that funny to me. I don't know. Like, like did she, did she not do well with like auditioning? But it's like, she has like the, she has the cred and then she's in the episode the least amount of time of all these other people. But I she thought must, that was funny. She must have a very good, like, uh, uh, like agent agent. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, the, I, he works that angle. He's like, look, blonde girl. <laughs> <laughs> I know Hollywood's looking for young blonde females. I know they're in short supply. Um, you know, let me check here. Here you are, you know, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's what I got for, uh, for cast and, uh, crew. Yeah. Uh, that's, Pretty much it for me. All right. So let uh, Mr. Peel and his uh, wonderful tailored brown suit take it away. High school. It's a period that for most of us already feels like a waking nightmare. One in which we're lost in a maze, searching for ourselves. But what if, during this precarious phase of our development, you introduced a set of extraordinary powers? That's all it will take to send the student body of St. Mary's boarding school on a harrowing field trip to the Twilight Zone. You just got to get that permission slip signed, though. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, And I like that you pointed out that his brown suit, like you, you did point out the last episode that he had changed up his suit. So it's like all, all gloves are off now. He's, he's going like completely off the like, rails. I need to go back and look at the other episodes because I just I didn't notice it. I guess, yeah. but maybe the other couple they're just a little darker in tone. But like, and like so when I watched these episodes originally, I watched them like uh, in my living room with our bigger TV. And you think the bigger TV would give me more detail? It's only when I when I watch it again to take notes do I like use my computer monitor, which we're using right now to record. For some reason, the color is different for mm. me on this, and I'm just like, oh, that suit's brown. Like I didn't see that watching it the first time and that's not important but i again we we talked about this last week i i like that he's keeping like the you know archetype of what the narrator is but just making it his own and i think that's amazing yeah just changing up uh, the ingredients a little bit here and there and i i did like the his suit i, I, oh, I sure. there's anybody who made a brown suit look good he did in this episode <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's the that's the real twist guys Five out of five. We're done now, everybody. Have a good night. No, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah. Where do we where do we start here before we get to Mister Peel and his wonderful brown suit? Where do we go? So uh, we open up on Madison uh, doing her makeup, uh, getting all set for class, and the next scene is she's in class. So she's sitting there in class. Well, I mean, I, I think it's important after watching this episode a second time. To notice that it starts off with her getting ready. So the first shot is Madison. And then the second one is, again, I don't know if this is just a thematic thing that they've kind of wanted to zero in on in the season or if it's just a a good shot for directors to show um, what they're capable of. But we get another behind the head uh, shot of someone walking and we follow them, which seems to be a thing happening in almost every one of these episodes. Not complaining. You know, it's, it's an effective way as the viewer to be following into the scene, right? But the next thing we see is Irene coming into class. And I think once we get to everything that's going on, I, I, they, I, I and I've, I've said this before on the show. I love when you do a rewatch of something and a lot of it's just in your face the entire time and you don't notice it. There's a lot of this early on. It's like, my God, they're like this thing's just telling you everything up front. And I think it's important to go from Madison to Irene, like the way they pivot. Yeah. 
And so, um, so we see Madison, and she's carving her name into her desk, and we see Irene walk into the class, and uh, the Miss Watson. Uh, she introduces her as the new girl, uh, and and she has her explain, you know, like, oh, you know, who are you? Like, what what's your interest and all that stuff? And of course, it's the new new girl awkwardness of like, oh, I I like cool stuff, you know, like <laughs> yeah. monsters and stuff. Well, and the teacher says, hey, tell tell everybody who you are and where you're from. Uh, Irene doesn't answer that question. It's like, she doesn't say where she's from. She just says she stumbles through. Like I like Indian food. I like memes. I like monsters. Uh, and then also you can tell her hair is just a little frazzled and she has like bad, like not bad skin, but like she's a high school kid, you know, like it's not perfect skin, but automatically, uh, Madison and her crew, um, you know, plastics 2.0 are in the back of the room and they're just, they're just chomping at the bit to tear this girl apart. Like, and it's like not even a second, like, and, and Irene is like stumbling through everything and they're immediately laughing at her. And yeah. It, yeah. The, the making their own little chatter in the back. Uh, it starts with Gwen. Uh, she, she starts the little chatter. Um, and then it becomes somewhat of like a pack mentality. Um, you know, you get the other two girls involved and then, uh, it seemed like Madison was hesitant to get involved, say anything. And then. Once uh, Irene takes her seat is when Madison becomes involved. But as as Irene is trying to take her seat. Oh, wait. Side note there. Uh, before I forget, they talk about the science fair that's coming. That's up. true. Yeah. So um, she says that uh, Irene, uh, Miss Watson has said that Irene has some kind of spooky uh, like uh, uh installment for her her uh project and uh irene says that it's going to be a uh it's going to be about uh psychic abilities yeah and then of course the peanut gallery is you know like saying their thing you know like they're just again they're giving her shit and yeah uh, uh, something i'll say about this episode throughout like uh it get it gets the it gets the viciousness of the high school mentality of like just cut, cut, cut. Like that, you feel that through this whole thing, and it starts right from the jump. Yeah, and and the awkwardness of the new girl too. Yeah. So, um, so Irene is trying to take her seat, and as as she's about to sit down, Lisa kicks her chair. Credit to you that you're keeping track of the other three, because I'm just like Madison and company. I don't know. Like it's just, I, good for you, because I'm just like they're all mean. They're all the same person to me. Like. <laughs> By extension, yeah, yeah. And that's why the like the pack mentality. Exists. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, uh, you know, Gwen is somewhat of the leader of this because she started the crap. But nonetheless, uh, as Irene is trying to sit, she actually uh, drops her bag and all of her stuff pour, uh, pours out of it. Um, and so as she's gathering her belongings and putting them back into the bag, Lisa throws a note onto her desk. So when she sits back up properly. Uh, Irene, that is, she sees this note and unfolds it. And of course, it's the same vicious shit that like high school girls are capable of doing about, well, why did you have to leave your old school? Is it because you're a slut or because you're weird or whatever the hell it said? Yeah, it was like, you know, like it, it, like circle one or the other. Like there's no there's no you know other option of like I transferred schools because my dad got a new job or like there's nothing like, you know, whatever. 
Um, so yeah. And so then and Madison's like circle one and she's like, do you need a pencil? You know, um, like talk about brutality, uh, like that, that is brutal. Like first day stuff. Um, I'm sure you and I could trade like shitty high school stories back and forth, but I got to tell you just one, because you're not going to believe this is what was said to me, but it was, I was, um, at my locker the one day at high school, this girl literally walks up to me and says, Hey, your older brother's cute. Your younger brother's cute. What happened to you? And then walked away from me. High Terry, school. Terry's now left because he's like, he, I can't answer the question. Because I'm searching this bitch <laughs> down right now. It's like. I'm going to find you, bitch. Yeah, no. Like, uh, it's like, like, I mean, I mean, to be fair, you know, I was just, you know. I, oh, I, but regardless of how I looked in high school, sweatpants, holding a Bible, whatever. That's not important. Um, like, you know, probably wearing a Garfield shirt. I don't remember what I was wearing. It was a printed tee of some sort, which as I sit here wearing a printed tee, my God, I haven't changed. Uh, but um, it like I didn't deserve that just random walk up and just like. I didn't, I didn't provoke anything. I was just staying there minding my own business. And this girl's like, by the way, I'm going to say something to you. That's going to lacerate your psyche for the rest of your life. And you know, she doesn't remember saying this and it was a blip on her radar. I've never forgotten it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. High school was fun. Wasn't it? Oh, oh gosh. No, no, no. Middle school was even better for me. So, but uh, yeah, that's yeah. a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I grew up in, um, the same, uh, Petri dish of, of kids for 12 years. Like I, you know, uh, growing up where I did in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, it was, uh, the kids, like pretty much the kids you went through like, you know, K through 12, we it, like my high school was the only high school in the County. So there was no transferring. There was no, you're there with these kids. So they knew you and it never changed. You know, so again, I was never the new kid anywhere, so I can't imagine this, but I can speak to you about people just being terrible for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Unfortunately, that's why that this episode actually resonates a little bit more too. Yeah. um, And why I guess I focused in on it a little bit uh, more, especially on the second watch. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to understand the psyche of each character and why they are the way that they are so irene is a very docile person she's uh she when she looks back to see what's going on like why these people are acting the way that they are she sees madison finally participate in this activity and she dad like you said she tells her to uh circle one do you need a pencil and then so Madison reaches into her uh, ca- the desk cavity to find a pencil, and I this plays well into the rest of the episode. And I didn't catch it at first, but so she searches around, doesn't see, uh, see one, and then the reaches, camera moves up, and moves then, up, and then yeah, and then pans back down where she's just like, all right, I'll give it another shot, and sees that clear as day, there is a pencil right there. Mm -hmm. Like, basically right where her hand was searching in the first place. So she grabs a pencil and whips it at the back of Irene's head and nails her. It, of course, she's, you know, she's off-put by this situation. She just looks really upset at this point. Um, And then we are about to get in the Jordan's uh, uh, intro, but we see the pencil on the ground disintegrate yeah it just turns to dust 
And that's it. And then that's when we get uh, Jordan Peele's uh, sitting at a desk in the classroom learning about, you know, whatever high school girls learn about in his stylish suit. I love, I love his introduction, like his, his entrance into the episode that he was sitting there. And, I, and it's like, I didn't even go back and try to see if, cause clearly it would have been awkward as hell to have even out of focus, like Jordan Peele sitting at one of the desks. It would have been great. Like, it'd have been even better if like, like one of the girls would have passed a note to him. Like, and he would open it up and just been like, like staring, <laughs> like angry, you know, um, or, you know, anyway, um, I feel like they, they do these shots really well because I don't remember that part of the class in any one of the shots. Otherwise, maybe I'm just like, no, you're that probably right. Mind. They probably planned that out to where it's like, he could have been there the entire time. You yeah, know? The but, cinematography is spot on throughout this entire season so far. I, that, and that's like the highlight for me. I love the cinematography. This it's it's so polished. Mm-hmm. And like, and um, you know, and, and to be fair, uh, I mean, again, you came walking into season four of the original series where there was still some good cinematography. They made it a point of was it George T. Clemens, I think, is the cinematographer for the bulk of the series, but he couldn't do all of them, so he had a, another person help him out. So they would do every other episode. Um, so I don't think the cinematography. It even won an, like an, uh, an Emmy, if I remember where I talk about season four for the cinematography for that episode for the series. Um, you know, the budgets were what they were. They were lower than um, I'm not. I don't know what the budgets are for this, but this feels like this is more of a prestige series for CBS All Access. So they're going to give it the money. Um, but then also too, I, I'm going to guess this is all shot digitally because everything is anymore, right? I think you, the people, you get the people that know how to light correctly and you could probably make things look, look like a billion dollars with, um, with the technology we have now. So there's no excuse not to make good looking shots and everything so far has been stellar. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And, uh, I, I think that when you try to find the blemishes in it, you're going to find yourself like running in circles because I, yeah. it, there are so many good shots in this and yeah the the, the only one so far the season that was weird was that that cut away to peels intro last episode but yeah i think that would just kind of like that's the, a hiccup like, yeah. yeah whatever anyway but yeah no like there's always like this rich like amber like uh sepia type i don't know how to describe it that feels like it, it, it's the the tie that binds through all the episodes there's definitely almost like a color palette I'm not against that, which that uh, might also be conscious because if they're kind of hearkening back to the original series, black and white was your palette. So if this is their color, the palette they're going to use for this, I, I if that's subconsciously giving you unity, that's a cool idea too. I, I felt that like stronger in this episode though. Like oh yeah, I mean because it's the old the, the the boarding school, all the wood like in the hallway, like yeah, it definitely had. Yeah, a little bit more amber. Not some like last episode. It started off with um with the actress that was playing Fiji with the lights and everything, and that was definitely like that color palette. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something that you're going to see through a lot of this. And I, I'm not against it. I think I think it's actually quite a smart decision to subconsciously tie every episode together in that sense, like tonally. And honestly, I, I felt like this could have been a, a period uh, piece too because you know, like a lot of the tones, the the outfits, uh, the way that like a lot of things were structured. I mean, it's an old ass building with yeah. old, you know, like old features and that we could have, we could have taken this back to the sixties or the fifties or something like that. It, but it also grounds us in the idea that this is, this is a school that doesn't take shit. Like this, this is a, like a, a no meat on the bone kind of teaching program. Like, 
they, it's a boarding school. It's a, it's, it's, it's an expensive boarding school. Yeah. And like, you know, they're going to make, they're going to make adults out of these girls. They're going to make them women. That's the vibe you get. Also, I want to point out too, that Jordan Peele's the only male actor, uh, in this episode that you see clearly that actually says anything like the rest of the episodes, all the girls in the school, the teachers later on, there's some emergency personnel that are either in, like, in uh, they're shot out of focus or, or they're so far, they're so small that you can't see distinct distinguishing detail. So credit this episode too, that there's not a single dude in it at all. I think that also helps the nature of, the ecosystem that we've just been talking about, how there's that viciousness and that pack mentality. So, and us being smart anyway, continue. Yeah. We're getting right down to the nitty gritty of like what we need to talk about here. So, um, so next we have, uh, uh, Irene, uh, she, she goes to miss Watson and she wants to change her project. Um, miss, uh, miss Watson says, what's, you know, it's a little too late. You kind of have to stick a, stick it, with what you got, you know, like, no, oh, go with the psychic thing. That might still be cool. You know, like <laughs> kind of like hand waving, like, I'm sorry, honey, but you can't, you can't do that so close to when we're going to have the fair. Yeah. Like Billy, go out with recess. No, Miss Lippy always staying here. Like, no, it's important for you to go out for recess. Yeah. It builds character. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and that, that's just kind of a blip real quick, but it, it shows that Irene is, she is experiencing doubt and you know, like this, it has made an effect on her, what the other girls have done. I would also argue too, upon the second watch of this, that I think it's showing that she's trying to change what she needs to change to be more appealing, to be accepted. I think there's a subconscious drive. Well, it's not even subconscious. Like you get the notion from the get go. Here's a girl that's socially awkward and she just wants to have friends. She just wants to be liked and she will bend in whatever shape she has to, to have friends. And you get that from the jump here and she's very sympathetic the entire time. Yeah. And, and there is a lot that builds, uh, from that idea as well. So, um, so she, she goes, what's this? No, she takes them. She has the, the, the test where she uses the cards. Um, I figure what they call them. It's the Zinner, the Zinner cards. They're the ghostbuster cards that you have (laughs) the beginning of the movie when they're running the psychic tests where it's like circle star, wavy line, wavy line. It's, it's the fifth element symbols. And then like some lucky charm shit in there. I don't know. But, uh, she has, she holds up the cards and she asks the class to pick what shape she's holding up and they can't see the card and they take a test. Um, and then, uh, then we cut to the, her outside grading the tests and you find um, that one of them. I'm sorry, you're going to. You mentioned. There is a, a quick note here, and okay, I, this that does play well into the rest of the episode. And I didn't catch it at first, but uh, Madison says, "I do not want to read her mind." Oh yeah, I don't want to be in her mind. I, like I, she's like, "Try to read my mind. Tell me the cards." And she makes the offhand comment, she's like, "I don't want to be in that girl's head." And you're right. That's a good. That's I should have. Good. Good point. Um, bonus. Bonus points for you, Terry. You get. You get bonus. Uh, Credit A plus. Yay. Yeah, look at that. Um, but you didn't get anything else right. No, oh. like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Terry. The correct answer was circle, circle, wavy lines, plus sign. You did not get them. No. Um, so uh, she's grading the tests, and most of them are low scores, but then she gets to one, 
and they get zero correct. And that's like the one outlier. So she goes to Madison's room because Madison's the one that got scored zero and she knocks on the door. Eventually Madison Anders answers her, um, her, you know, brat pack is in the room with her. Um, and like, they're, they're like, Oh, invite her in. Maybe she likes it. Maybe she has Indian food and memes. I don't know why those are funny to people. Like, I like both those things. I'd be like, hell yeah, you got memes? I could look at memes all day long. Get me some curry. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, like, get me some chicken tikka masala. I'm down with this. It's hell great. yeah, Indian yeah. food is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why that's a point of laughter. But, uh, but you know, Madison doesn't bring Irene in, um, you know, which we've seen Tiger King. You know what happens when you bring fresh meat to the slaughter. It's, you know, you know whatever. Anyway, uh she was asking like, why are you here? And she's like, well, you got zero. Uh, I think you have psychic powers because you're you, there's no physical way for you to get zero on this test. Um, because it's, even picking randomly, you would not get zero. So he's like, she's like, I think you were purposely not picking the thing. And, and Madison's giving her some kind of pushback, but then the moment Irene's like, you could have psychic powers and do whatever you want. Then you get Madison's attention of like, because you get the notion that she wants to have the position of power. She wants to always like be the one in charge and know And she's like, well, what do you mean? And so that's, that kind of is the spark, but she dismisses Irene, closes the door on her. Irene leaves the cards in front of Madison's door. So then later Madison finds it and, and she's like, okay, fine. And she starts like, you know, going through the cards and just to kind of test herself. And she freaks herself out because she's getting them all right. And that's a pretty cool scene. Like how that how that unfolds. Yeah, it was just like nonchalant at first. She's like, eh, circle. Oh, I got it right. Oh. Uh, star. Oh, got that one right too. And then she just like progressively scares the shit out of herself. Like yeah. it's like she did not know that this power lied in her. And she instantaneously is like, I got to find Irene. Like there, there's something needs to be talked about because this is the only girl who has any idea what the hell is going on in my mind. Yeah, and it was important that Madison told Irene, which we played at the beginning of the episode. Uh, actually, I don't know if I... You know, I think I clipped it because it was like a, a longer, but she was like, it's hard to imagine normal when you aren't. Like, basically, she's like saying Irene's a weirdo, and Irene's saying, well, you're the weirdo because you got all these wrong, you know? So I think that's also very telling as well. But yeah, she leaves a note uh, for, for Irene saying, you know, which one of these mass murderer, slut, circle one also find me in this girl's bathroom. The first part of that note didn't say that, but gave her like a map to go ditch class and then go, uh, find this, this, uh, this weird bathroom murder dungeon. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess guys, so the, the bathroom that they find is like in this other part of this girl's school. It's like, it's past this like kitchen. That's not in use anymore. They go in this girl's bathroom that has like this weird, like skylight. Like imagine it's not even a skylight. It's like a light, it's just an opening, like almost like a shower head, but it's huge with like, it's like circles, all circles. It's like these shafts of light. Um, this bathroom is covered in graffiti, which we'll talk more about in a second. Um, it felt like, uh, like a nineties music video location. Like I could easily like see rat was going to be like I playing could, in I, there. I could see Shirley Manson from garbage singing in there. I could see like, uh, like I made the joke to, to my wife. I was like, this this bathroom feels like a couple of different dive bars I've been in, in Cleveland, where it's like you know <laughs> scrawled in graffiti and everything. The Spitfire, man. That, that, that's literally the bar I referenced. Yeah. yeah like. <laughs> R.I.P. Spitfire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, may you live forever. Now it's the Funhouse, 
uh, which they have weird black and white spitty things that make me think of the Twilight Zone. So good on you guys. Yeah. Anyway, uh, weird bathroom. I had a problem with that set the first time I saw it because I felt like it was over the top. Second time through, I have a different opinion about it, and I'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. Uh, but it is very distinctly different setting than anything else in this episode. Um, but uh, yeah, so they meet in this bathroom and uh, Madison's like, yeah, if you're screwing with me, um, you know, I will ruin you. But it's like, why is this happening? And Irene's like, I don't know. Like, you you know this stuff. Let's figure it out. And so it becomes this uneasy alliance of like, I'm, I don't think this stuff's real. I think you can do it. Let's keep coming here and we'll set up experiments. So that, that's the... That pushes us into like act two of this of this episode. Yeah, and uh, like she takes the bait. Uh, she she obviously wants to find out what the hell is going on with her because Irene says to her, "It's like you could have a number of different powers that we haven't exposed yet. Mm-hmm. Like you could move things with your mind. You could manipulate fire. Like she's like." That sounds pretty sweet. Like it's like I could be Carrie. Like, <laughs> yeah, I could yeah. be I could be Firestarter. Yeah, like, it's, I want to be like the girl with the bad skin and the shoddy hair is telling telling you that you have powers. I'm like I've seen Carrie. I know what happens to the to the girl who gets pushed around. You know, but yeah, you're right. Like they come with this whole list. I, this is when I'll mention that in this bathroom, there's various pieces of graffiti. One of them says I am in hell. Um, there's another one. Um, this says help me off to the one side, and on the mirror in which Irene writes out all the various types of powers. The very, did you see what was written at the very top of the mirror? Mm-mm. It says fake bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, it's, I, which again, I think this episode tells you everything in front of you. Cause Irene keeps looking in the mirror and she keeps talking. Like there's a lot of shots of them looking in the mirror and you see that written in lipstick above everything. Like, so there, there's just, I, there, there's pieces in this episode that I'm like, I, golf clap I appreciate that you know so uh, but then like even at the point like Madison asks Irene's like why do you care about this and she's like I don't know and again I think that's also very telling like but so yeah this starts off like we get this um this montage we get three music montages of this episode yeah I, I was kind of w- hoping that that we would play like Survivor or something like that because like <laughs> it was like a training montage yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah just I, I need to hear true Hearts true Survivor yeah. fire. <laughs> Um, it's, <laughs> I just, I, I, it was cool, but it's like the, the music, I don't know. It was I like, liked, I liked all the music cues in this episode. I liked all the licensed music that they use. Like I don't license by license. I mean, these are, these are pop songs or rock songs that they used. And I just, I kind of looked at my wife. I was like, this episode's like the mini craft. Like, it just felt like- <laughs> yeah, I, that's what my wife said too. This, she's like, this is like the craft, right? I'm like, kind of. Yeah, actually. And mixed with mean girls. Yeah, it's like you got catty bitches and powers, you know, like and and music. I don't know, not that far off, you know. Yeah. So I didn't mind it because it's like like Irene setting up these experiments, uh, and then they're kind of figuring things out. Um, yeah, um, but then we also start to figure out through this that Madison is now being able to read the cards without a problem. Like they're just there, and she's like, "Why? Why is this happening now?" And then Irene says, "Well." You know, we're born with like sight. We don't know how it works. It just is. And now that you're basically, now that your attention's drawn to this, you can't 
unthink it and now you're doing better. And so they, one of the first things they do is that Irene looks at one of the cards and then burns it and tells Madison, like, now that this card doesn't exist anymore, except for what I know of it, look in my eyes and tell me, I want to know if you can read minds. And then Madison does and figures it out. And then you realize that Madison is starting to key on what she can do and she's getting stronger. And there is a swagger there. There is a tell a little bit uh, before that though. Mm -hmm. Um, As she was, uh, as Irene was going through the list of the different abilities that she could possibly have, um, Madison stops her right at when she says uh, conjuration. Yeah. She stops her right then. Like every time that she says to conjure or conjuration, there is a, a definite note where Madison's like, no, because we, we experience it. And it, this isn't far from this scene either. So I, I'm not jumping too far ahead, but every time that Irene talks about the possibility of conjuration or to conjure something that, that sets something off in Madison's mm-hmm. mind, like it definitely, it, it gives her the heebie jeebies in a sense. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, this is where we like, we start to learn, like they, they try to, um, what was it? Uh, do uh, moving sand, uh, bending spoons, uh, causing fire to do things. And it's all like this montage and it's actually in Madison credit to the actress. She does a good job of like her, her, um, like I'm done with this face is amazing. And I, she takes the spoon and throws it. <laughs> like, I, I, I just like that. Like they're, they're burning through these lists of, of things to do. I end up miles. My favorite one was, uh, was dowsing. And she's like, what's, what's dazzling? It's like, it's, it's like trying to find out where water is. She's like, we can skip it. I don't care where water is. Like, yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. And Irene was like, yeah, who would want to find water? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's also a tell too, because Irene, I think says that ironically, because it's like, she knows it's important, but she also wants to fit in. I, I think she automatically aligns with what Madison's saying. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like, so she's like, Oh, whatever. You know, yeah. I'll get rid of that one. Ugh, stupid. Yeah. So then we get another, uh, montage song. Like, um, when Madison starts going into the cafeteria and, it, and you get the notion, like the, she has the smile on her face cause she can actually start reading everybody's minds and hearing thoughts. And she, she is the queen walking in with her, you know, her posse and they go up to, um, Helena Bonham Carter Jr. And say, Hey, get away from this table. And then she like reads her mind to figure out what she has the lunch bag, which is funny because the girl who doesn't say anything is like, why, how does she know I have a tuna sandwich? And then she says something way worse to the girl that I'm not going to repeat. Um, that jars the girl to get up and leave because she knows the girl saw something and is ashamed of it and calls it out directly. So now were you hearing the whispering though that was going on as yeah. well? So I was trying to determine who was saying right as she was walking up to her to Debbie that is who said I want to be just like her? Was it I, Debbie? I didn't catch I didn't catch specific whisper, like words. That's cool. I didn't catch that. And see now this was cr- this was crazy because I was kind of hearing it a little bit when on the first watch but I was a lot more focused on the second watch. I'm like, there was a lot of whispering going on there. And whose mind is she reading at that exact that's moment? A, that's a good point. Like, um, for whatever reason, the audio on our, our big TV in our living room isn't hundred percent perfect. I, it, like I, so I, like sometimes it gets like it, 
I haven't found the right mix of like music and ambient and all that. So some of that side stuff I missed. So then the second time watching it, I'll have my headphones on and I'm more focused. I didn't catch that at all, though. That's an amazing catch, though. That's cool. So I believe and I maybe on a third watch because I will watch as a guy because I really want to find out that beat right there of why she picked Debbie. And I think it was Debbie who who was saying in her mind that she wanted to be like Madison. Hmm. And that's why she targeted her. She's like, this is the weakest. Like, she wants to be me, and now I'm going to take her out as a power, like that a might, power play. That might make sense, yeah. that's that's It's gross. You're right. Like So that just speaks more to Madison and where she's at as a person, right? So she does. She gets her, her people to sit down, and then uh, Debbie goes running off and collides with another student. And in the meantime, Irene's in line, you know, trying to order Indian food. We don't know. Um, like they probably had like pizza boats or something that day, which I'd be excited about. I love pizza boats. Fiestata. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was a chicken fried steak? What does that even mean? You know, anyway. Um, uh, so um, I was always confused by confused by chicken fried steak. I'm like, so is it is it chicken or is it steak? I don't know. And now I've realized later in life that just means it's steak that's like fried with like batter. I didn't realize that was what that meant. Anyway. You just you just, just figure something out yeah, for me. It, it, I didn't it, know either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just ate uh, it. Yeah, um, and then you get like the the big ice cream scoop of mashed potatoes that doesn't change shape. You know, oh, that's what you get. I miss those. I, oh. I do too. Like, dude, like in high school, like we had like shit cafeteria food, but there's a stuff that I'm like, I want that again. I don't I, know what it is, I, dude. Go to uh, GFS. Yeah, GFS. Uh, go there. They serve. Sir, they sell <laughs> they sell boxes of fiestadas, and I'm like so tempted to just buy a box, a case of yeah. these things, and I'm like, like I could be writing like middle school again and not have all the douchebags around me. That, yeah, that'd I be need, amazing. I, I just need pizza boats, like I guess you call them French bread pizzas here, like with like oh. the, but I, they call them pizza boats. Yeah, when you said pizza boats, I'm like, is it like a little like boat? Yeah, I mean, like, all aboard, you know, get on the, like ahoy, <laughs> SS pizza boat. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I uh, buy a boat. I'm going to call it that now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's a pizza boat. Uh, so, anyway, so Irene sees all this. And then, so um, later on, then uh, we get um, we get them again training um, and they stay for a while. And then they're coming back late. And, but at the same time, this is when uh, Irene asks Madison about, like, why did you, like, this bathroom's pretty cool. You learn, like, um, they found this because of another student. Um, but uh, Madison, her friends, like, one of them is claustrophobic. They don't want to go in there. They used to hang out on the roof, but now that it's locked, um, so they can't go up there. So there's a brief bit here where uh, Madison's going to leave for the night, and Irene's like, I'll clean up. And Madison's like, no, 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 it's fine. No one comes down here. Just come along. And you get that's the first time that Madison invites Irene to do anything with her. But don't forget about the makeup scene, too. Oh, yeah, there's the makeup, too. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, so Irene. That's important. I'm glad Terry brings up the makeup because he all, you know. He he did get made up to come over here tonight. You know, he did pull his face. I always put my best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so Irene, he did put too much foundation on because I see crow's feet. But oh. whatever. Anyway. I am turning thirty-seven. So. <laughs> thirty-seven. <laughs> oh, all to be to be in my salad days of thirty-seven. <laughs> Could just eat pizza boats without worry. You know, uh, the good old days. Um. Anyways, <coughs> sorry. Um, so yeah, um, Irene, I, I, again, I feel like this is a, an, a, a chance for her to try to fit in a little bit more. So she puts on makeup, 
to go hang out yeah. at the training sessions with Madison. And the first thing Madison notices, obviously, is like, did you put on makeup? Like, yeah, you know, I try to try to new thing. She's like, oh, that that's nice. But, you know, you put too much on or like you, you've done you did a little bit of things that maybe if you watch a tutorial. Yeah. Like, so instead of what she normally does, which would have probably come out swinging with like uh, like a cutting statement. She's very supportive, like, oh, well, I see. She's like, no, 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 like, you know, let me help you, which is not, I'm not saying out of character for her, but it's, it's very much a more vulnerable side of Madison where she's starting to see Irene as a person as opposed to something else, like an underling or something. And then she's like, oh, yeah, you put on too much foundation, but here you go. Pretty good job. Like, gave her a reaffirming thing. And then this Irene lights up, like, just, you know, and and so then that so then yeah, you go through all that then that they're leaving there um it's later they get stopped by the stern teacher um who's like oh you guys are out late it's a demerit and then madison's like you know i'm gonna lean into this it's like hey stern teacher that doesn't actually have a name in this episode um i know that you gamble with school money uh it'd be a shame if i told people in power about that and the the teacher is like trying to stay stone-faced about it but she's also going to be like, just get back to your rooms. And then Irene's like, we want the key to the roof. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, I like that. She just jumps in. And it's like, Oh, we have her by the balls. Give us the key. <laughs> and then she- <laughs> well, yeah, because she, she knows that Madison is leaning hard into her one ability. And she's yeah. like, well, we haven't been able to expose these other abilities. Let's like take an effort into it because there was two abilities in her, their latest session that, that did not, try yet the conjuring and putting a thought somebody's putting head. a thought into yeah. somebody's head um and I, I but also too whenever irene keeps saying like we don't know we could just once you figure out what you could do we could just do cool stuff so i guess cool stuff would be forcing a woman with a gambling problem to give them a key to a roof you know like <laughs> cool stuff <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is cool stuff yeah so uh yeah so she she kind of like lays that like uh that groundwork like oh you, you get the key and she's like and you're gonna give us the key to the balcony yeah she's like uh, you know what? Just get back to your room. Like she, in her demeanor changes quickly. She's like, shit, they're right. How yeah, do they no, know? She is, she, but she also doesn't want to acknowledge, but she's suddenly dropping the demerit. She's like, just go back to your room. So then uh, Madison and Irene are like, like they're giggling and everything. And Madison's like, wow, like I didn't think, you know, that's amazing. And then at one point she's like, I, you know, and I really wanted that key too. And then you hear it drop. Mm-hmm. behind them it suddenly appears and you know madison's confused by irene's like well you know maybe if you just want something you you can conjure it and she's like, okay well let's get the friends let's go party on the roof um she gets the gets the you know the caddy crew um but there's a beat there that uh kind of like that shows that irene is still not sure yet yeah she's like oh we're gonna get the girls Madison. Yeah, she's is. like, no, come along. We're like, why are you waiting? Yeah, you're right. It's another one of those affirmations of like, we're becoming friends. Yeah, we're you're part of our group now. Like, you are part. Like, it's not just you and I hiding away in a bathroom now. Like, come hang out. Which is that's how Terry and I met. He won't say it, admit it here, but you know, at Wasteland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just you know, I mean, I was just hanging out there hoping to meet people, and then Terry just showed up, and it's it's been kiss met ever since. So you know reignited (laughs) 
I mean, my makeup was in shambles and he helped me. So, you know, that's what you do. Uh, so yeah, they get to the roof. Um, and it's you, the other three girls are just being just vicious. Like they're, it's, they're doing the thing that I feel like there's only a, a small window in which there's people in high school that can do the thing of like, we're going to be joking and obnoxious, but we're tearing people apart. There's a certain venom there that is stronger at that point in someone's life than it ever is past that. And they're in it deep holding their phones up and like shooting Irina. She's sitting on the ledge of this, like, you know, this high roof. that's like three stories up. Um, and they're asking her questions and she's trying to fit in. She's drinking, she's smoking and, and, and she's like clearly out of her element. Madison sees it too, but these girls are just not letting up. But then Madison's like, we got, nope, let's just go. We're done. And Irene's like, why? We're just starting to have fun because she feels like she's fitting in. She doesn't realize that these girls are taking advantage of her or they're making fun of her. Uh, and then at that point, Madison stands up and goes and starts to confront the other girls using her abilities. She starts calling them out on shit and the whole thing starts to explode, which is very high school. Yeah. <laughs> but you see Madison be just kind of witness to this. And that's, that is a different, like, that is a different part of her character completely to this yeah. point. Like, she has a, 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 a way different appreciation of who Irene is. And she just kind of, like, just watches Irene and then watches Gwen and the bullies come up and just kind of attack her the entire time. And she's like, that's it. You're you're taking advantage of her now, and Irene can't fend for herself. It's a lot like Arnie and Dennis and Christine, where yeah. Arnie... You know, they're best friends. You know, uh, Dennis is the high school football guy. And then when they're now in shop class and what was it? Uh, Buddy. Buddy. Remington. Yeah. Remington. 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 Yeah. Remington. That's it. Like starts just like, you know, just giving him shit. And then Dennis shows up and it's like, just back off. Right. It's, is it Remington? Remington. Yeah. 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 I, you know, whatever. Anyway, it's like, I just watched it recently. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's like, it's, you did just watch it recently. It's one of, one of my favorite movies and books. But it's, uh, there's a similar dynamic there of uh, Dennis being the established person in the higher in the social ladder, and he knows he it, it, as shitty as it is, he knows the limitations of where like you know of where his friend is, and the same thing is happening here to a smaller microcosm of Madison and Irene, where Madison knows when you talk about um, pack mentality, she knows the jungle and the and how dangerous it is. Irene doesn't. So she's like, we got to get out of here. They're, they're smelling blood in the water. Yeah. I'm mixing my metaphors of animals, but they're, they're hunting for you and they've targeted you. Let's get out of here. And so she throws herself at them and uses her mental powers to call out very embarrassing details of, of the girls. And that starts like a big fight. And then Irene's like, no, 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 no. We're having fun. We're having fun. She goes to stand up on the edge of this uh, roof, the ceiling, like this landing, and goes to grab the arm of like a statue, like a cherub or whatever, and it breaks. And she just falls straight down. Three stories. Bam. Like, just done. And you hear it, too. You, there's a definite thump. Yeah, it's a it's a Gallagher level like noise that happens, you know, with like not a splat, but it is definitely a thud. You know, and so we see the point of view looking down at Irene. She doesn't look alive. No, and I kind of wish that the the thing would have done like the the cut to commercial there and just left it linger because but it goes back to everybody looking over the edge of like holy shit, just what happened. And it's bad, you know, um, but I just kind of wish that we would have had more of a moment of like, she just fell to her death. <laughs> like, 
mean, it it's it's terrible, but also kind of funny because it's like, oh well, I guess the episode's done now. I don't know, but uh, we get um, we get Madison down down below looking at Irene, uh, like she's freaked out, and then all of a sudden, Irene just kind of like wakes up, and she's like, "You saved me." She and Madison's like, "I did nothing." And she's freaked out that Irene seemed to have fallen three stories and there's not a mark on her. And Irene is starting to believe that there is a lot of subconscious uh, activity in Madison's uh, powers. Like it just happens. Like you may not think that you did something, but you just did it because why am I alive? I did. I, she's like, I don't know how to explain it, but you're doing these things without you even wanting like you have that much more power now yeah. like you're 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 growing leaps and bounds in your abilities now yeah and madison doesn't want to believe it but so she's a little off put by irene just you know shaking off a three-story fall a dead fall <laughs> into the ground and you should be dead so the next day uh the click uh like convinces irene to sit down with them and they're like oh you should be dead and you know this is crazy it's like yeah you guys were accessory to like not murder, but you kind of caused it, but you're going to just play it off. Like nothing happened, (laughs) you know? And they start like being like, we like your nails. We like all this. It's so cool. And they, again, are kind of filming her a little bit and talking to her, making her feel wanted. And, and Madison sees a little bit of this going on. And so the focus now shifts to where since Madison's on the outside, because she, you know, called everybody on their shit, these girls are, um, wanting Irene in their circle. And so then it cuts to um, Madison waiting to do training in the the bathroom, uh, you know, the weird 90s bathroom. And Irene's up in the girls' room. They're drinking and partying. And did you did you notice the music they're listening to? Yeah, Minx. Minx, yeah. Which I didn't realize the name of the song was called Mania. Uh, I looked it up. Like, it actually says it, like, later. I'm like, and that was, like, the song played in the last episode. And it, that fit very appropriately, the title, for what happened in that episode. And I'm like, but, yeah, they're listening to Minx. It's pretty great. You know, we got to got to clap that, right? Got to get that ovation going on for Minx. Uh, and we get the, another another uh, sequence of like weird edits and music and Irene's is getting drunker and drunker and saying things and the phones are out. Everything's bad. And Madison eventually goes up and confronts all of them, gets Irene away. She is like, you know, like n- not hung over yet, but she's going to be <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I love that scene, too, because. It is like a jumbled mess of shit, uh, like sh- yeah. uh, like shots, and like you can tell that something is being constructed by the girls because you can see that their cameras are still out, and like there's a lot of drinking going on. We know this is not going to play well. Like this already unfolds right in front yeah, of you us. You get that empty, not empty, but that that bad feeling in the pit of your stomach of yeah. like. You mentioned Carrie, like there, this is, they're setting up the prom scene, you know, and it just sucks. It sucks knowing that, that, um, you can't stop the inevitable, you know, and that's where we're at. So then Madison and Irene have a talk. Madison's like, I, you know, I, you should stop seeing them. I command you blah, 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 or whatever. And Irene's like, why? She's like, you know, are you jealous that I'm, that we're finally, I'm having friends. And she's like, they're not like, we're not friends. And she just kind of dismisses Irene and Irene just can't. She can't function because Madison's cut her off. I'm like, we're done. And she's like, oh, yeah. you're jealous. You're, oh, and that's exactly what Madison wants to hear now. Like, yeah. you're jealous of these people? Like, 
fine. You're with them too. I'm going to cut you them off, cut you off. You're, you're nothing. Yeah. Later. And then she rolls out of there and Irene's just left there with her thoughts. And you could tell this was a huge impact on her because the next scene that we get is the, the science fair. Well, we get them in the classroom and she's kind of already, Irene's a little distant. The three girls are like, oh, but no, Irene, you should show up for, make sure you show up at the science fair. You're really going to love what we've done. And they're all giggles and smiles and just, it is acidic. And, and Irene's kind of checked out like, yeah, whatever. And then we get to the science fair, which got to ask you, in all your time in academia, did any of your schools ever have a science fair? No. My need, we never did either. And, and my wife was like, like asking about this. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's happened sometimes, but I feel like this is just a, like a, a convention that just shows up for TV shows and movies now. Like, yeah, it's, it's a trope consistently. Like, yeah. I, I mean, stranger things that there's <laughs> like, it's, it's, it is a trope. Like I've never, we did not have a science fair. Um, and I mean, but I also went through a different type of schooling. So maybe there was a lot of academics. Like, like Mennonite, like Amish schooling where it's <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, no, like not the, quite. Okay. <laughs> You're like, listen, I know how to raise a barn, but I don't know anything else, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a strange upbringing. So. Uh, no, I just don't. But no, like even like, you know, I get like I, I grew up and people, you know, I, there's people around me probably believe science isn't real, but there was never a science fair. Like the closest thing we got to any type of thing like that was like the the county fair where people would bring in like their prized pig they raised for a year and you get like the the 4-H like a ribbon. What a pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like, you know, it's like I, I raised this thing from, you know. From being born, and now we're going to eat it in two days. Like, here you go. Congratulations. That That's as close as I ever got to a science fair, is being in a barn that smells like poop around animals that were going to die for food soon, you know? Yeah, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I never did that either. So, um, But yeah, so uh, we, we get the science fair, and um, it is unorthodox as it is. But, uh, well, I like that Irene is so checked out that she doesn't do her psychic thing. And it's like, what kind of blush is better? And it was like, the like, like of all the things, this episode was the most believable was that simple shitty display of like two photocopies and some blush laid out. That's my project on like, a cardboard box, <laughs> yeah. like a cut in half cardboard box. Oh, it was perfect. I loved it. It's like, been like, what, what kind of blush is better for this baking soda volcano? Like what? Like it's just, <laughs> I've been there, honestly. Like the, I, I, my like military history class in high school. I had the shittiest partner, and he didn't do any effort at all. So I'm like left to do everything on my own. Which, of course, I'm not artistic at all. And I was, it was a terrible display. <laughs> so when when I was at college, I had a business writing class, which like that's as boring as it sounds. Like, like I and at the time, I just couldn't get the formatting right because. Like I'd always want to like do dumb things. I don't know if you know me. I, I always go for the joke and I was not doing well in this business writing class, uh, which was like, considering what I now do in my adult life probably would have paid off better if I would have paid attention. Uh, but like, so one of our last projects was a group project and it was to uh, like come up with like a presentation and explain what you did and something. And I was like, okay, I'm going to lean into this full tilt. And I, we took on the project of like a business that was changing its theming, like to like adjust and come up with different like ways of stating that. So I picked, you're, you're going to love the story. I picked a dojo 
that um, was changing from being like family friendly. And then they pivot into like, you, you don't know what's out there. There's fear. Like, you know, basically leading into, you need to learn martial arts or you're going to die type of thing. Like basically like you can't trust the neighbors. Self-defense or maybe, something. maybe they're all rapers. You don't know. Like, you know, so, um, so I, I, I did this whole like ad campaign where I made like, um, like, you know, press documents of like changing the tone. And I came up with like some radio spots that I made and, and, to mask my inability to write professional letters, I had a buddy of mine who was a, like in martial arts at the time come in in full gi and belt and break boards in the class while I gave the presentation. And the other three people that was with me that um, that was part of this group were like, they just came up and said a couple things. And the, the, and the, the professor running the class later said, I don't know if the group really contributed and I can't say who did what, but... Good job. And I got like a B. <laughs> but yeah, but I went second of like, like eight or nine groups and you could see people's faces just turn angry and upset and sad as like, I brought in somebody breaking boards and playing like music and radio spots and all this stuff. People were pissed. Like that's the closest I got to a science fair environment was like, I can't write so good, but boards being broken are pretty cool. You know? So Flair. Yeah. As long as you got flair, sometimes it might be the the winning factor. <laughs> yeah. So a, a brief a brief aside to the end of that story before we get to the the, the tail end of this episode. I was at a bar, I, and I you know I believe it or not I didn't drink back then because I was afraid of like what if I have an alcohol, so what's going to happen to me? Uh, and I was at a bar, and I think I think all I, at the time I liked was like Zima. I don't know, but uh, oh yeah, I was with a with a buddy of mine uh, who good looking dude, soccer player, whatever. Like you know. Uh, like criminal justice major, like, you know, good dude. And as I'm talking to him, the, one of the cheerleaders from our football team, division three. So, you know, check your level of expectation there. <laughs> um, she comes over and she's like, you, you son of a bitch. She's like, I just, she's like, help you know, And she like, she's like, I'm just so mad. And she goes on to, to tell my friend what I did in that class. And then she's like, I'm going to buy you a drink. What do you want? I was like, Zima. And she came over and brought me a Zima and then proceeded to keep talking to him about what I did. So she didn't talk to me. She insulted, like she was mad at me. And my friend who kept trying to hit on her was having nothing to do with this. So she was bitching to him about what I did. It was a pretty good night. <laughs> it became infamous. Yeah. So I got a drink from a cheerleader because she was mad about somebody coming in and breaking boards in the class. That was my closest thing ever to a science fair project long story short i thought that was a fun story that but. sounds like a hell of a lot more fun than the the pig display at your uh, <laughs> your <laughs> fair <laughs> yeah weirdly enough the bar did smell like manure that's not true yeah, it yeah, ended yeah, in yeah. malt liquor so it ended in zima you know like so yes please sorry uh continue like so, so we're at the science fair so back at the fair um the science fair that is um we have irene she gets a bad grade on her uh, blush. Uh, on her blush, <laughs> it, it's it's crap. But you know, it she she's she's kind of heartbroken right now because Madison kind of dissed her and moved on. But now we get um, her just walking away from her own display and walking the perimeter of the fair, and all of a sudden she sees Lisa and the other girls um, at their own display. And they're like, oh, come over here. Check out our display right now. You know, like, come look at it. As she's walking up to it, you just see tears start dropping to her cheeks. 
And that was it, that was a very emotional cue. I was like, we don't know what she's looking at yet, but did, like a plus for um, so for so Sophia uh, Macy, like that was awesome. That she she nailed that scene really mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So talk about the display. I uh, if if there's a nitpick of this entire episode, it's 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 the display of the science project, not the actual project the project itself is terrible in terms of like it's soul crushing and terrible i i just i question the capability of those involved to make the thing that you're seeing definitely all right so now here we see what is it's almost like a crucifixion or like it's 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 like a a crucifix um but it's it says the the autonomy of a loser yeah, it's uh, the anatomy of a loser. Or anatomy, yeah. anatomy of a loser. Uh, but it's like all it's it's um it's either like phones or tablets and a bunch of other like screens, Old TVs. That's the part that pisses me off about it. It's like they did not have the knowledge to wire this thing together and make it like this art piece you'd find at like the Rock Hall. Like you wouldn't. It's like eh, that's a little much, but I get what they're going for. So, but but it just shows these these clips, and it's like it's all it's all Irene, and and all the questions they've asked her, and her making her statements, and they're just belittling her and putting on display for everybody to see. I just think that the technical prowess and display, I think that's beyond the three girls involved. But what do I know? Maybe one of them was secretly like an electrical engineer. Possibly. Uh, I, I don't see that, though. But, yeah, like we had, like, the tablets. They were in uh, in perfect uh, synchronicity with Yeah, everything was like, it was like this uh, great, like, big, like, AV presentation that was, like, timed well. Like, you almost expect, like, a water fountain show to be timed to it. Like, yeah. it's it was over the top. And, I, again, it, the, the intense there, the image, the, the, the look of it is impressive. And then what's being displayed is depressing. I, I just, again, if that's the one thing is like, I don't know if they could put that together whenever you see, uh, you know, baking soda volcanoes and, you know, guys breaking boards. You yeah, know, and there was nothing like crazy uh, at any other like yeah. uh, presentation. So it's like, if they did this, they went above and beyond. Like they were expecting somebody else. Like th- this had to have taken planning. <laughs> they're not just like you know what we got this footage of this loser girl let's just get a bunch of tvs and shit together and we yeah, <laughs> like, like yeah. that, that wouldn't happen but no like but it, yeah. it is it is captivating in itself because i i mean like i don't know if it's really supposed to be like critiqued by people like us but you know it it, it, it's, it it's didn't a make striking sense image it just didn't yeah. make sense but so i and so that's another big point of contention when i was watching with my wife she's like why why would any teacher be okay with this as being run at the time? My only argument is that once we figure out what's going on, that there was a lot more of mental suggestion of look the other way. Mm-hmm. Like I think that there's a lot of that kind of clouding that let this exist. So that way um, Madison would eventually feel justified in what happened. That's my only thing I'll say about that. And I, I think timing as well, because, um, you know, we watched the stern teacher. Uh, she's going around the perimeter and they are in the inside part of the displays. Yeah. So the teacher hasn't had a moment to get to that display yet. So and then they call her. They call Irene over as quickly as they can. Like, check this out. And I'm sure that's when they press play. 
So it's like, yeah, what it, else it, did that, they have? That's fair, I guess. Yeah. I just anyway. But so then Irene's like destroyed. Madison walks in, sees what's going on, and then Irene. Uh, it just distraught starts screaming and it causes the screens to crack, uh, the phones to break, and then the three girls to drop dead. Pretty, pretty impressive. That should have been her project. Like, watch me scream and kill people. But anyway, like, so then it cuts to, uh, I don't know if it's played for comedy or not, but I laughed how it was this like top, top down shot of each of the three girls in the gurneys being loaded into the different ambulances and the look on their face. Like it was the way it was done. I thought that was black comedy and I thought that was just really funny to me. Like so, I cracked up. So now my question would be, are they dead though? Like their eyes are completely wide open. And typically when people are loaded into an ambulance or a, a meat wagon, whatever you want to call it at that point, a pizza boat, a pizza boat, <laughs> <laughs> Their faces are covered. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think they're blankets. all dead. They're I, not body bags. Because if, if they... It if might they, be just comatose. Uh, I mean, but then you'd also... I, I think you'd have people actively around them hooking up IVs and taking, me, you know, like measurements. to taking, like, you know, making sure vitals and everything. Yeah. I think they're all dead. Like, I think they're dead. I And then later on with the confrontation in the, the, the bathroom, the girl's bathroom, I think they say, why did you kill... So I think it's stated that those three are dead. So I think that was kind of a bad shot in a sense, because I think that typically people would know that you're not going to load a body in with the faces exposed. I agree with you. You're right. That's a, that's a good point. I just, the time, the, the way it was edited, shot, the though. sequence made me laugh. So yeah. I, I, I did, I did enjoy that. But then we get, um, we get the big, the big final moment in the bathroom of where uh, Madison confronts Irene about everything. And then, uh, Madison gets in her head. She's like, you know what? I think, I think you're the one that has powers and you, um, every time I've ever had them manifest is whenever you're around. So I think you're projecting these powers into me to make me feel special, which is interesting. That's kind of, like, if that's, if that would have been the twist of the episode, that would have been an interesting twist, but it goes further than that. Yeah. So, and uh, Irene says, no, absolutely not. It has nothing to do with me. It's been you the entire time. Like you, you have been the driving force of these powers the entire time. I'm just trying to be closer to you and trying to help you with this. And it, it, we come to find out that Irene is more concerned about friendship and Madison doesn't feel like she has any friends at all. And then she says to her, she says to Irene, when you came through the door that day, I just wanted you to be a normal girl. I just wanted you to be. I wanted a friend. I wanted a friend, you know, and she's Irene says to her, she's like, I am your friend. Why can't you accept that? Like, why? What do you why do you have such a problem with accepting that I am here to be your friend? And uh, through these tears and that Madison just comes to the conclusion, like, you know what? Well, she's afraid she's going to be hurt. And then Irene's like, I, you know, I'm not going to do that. You yeah. know, like, so we learned that Madison's just afraid of always being hurt by somebody. And that's whenever like they embrace each other. And Madison acknowledges Irene as her friend. And it's this nice, sweet moment for all of a second. Yeah. And then we just hear a sound cue. Yes. And then that's when the embrace ends. And we see that, uh, Irene is kind of turning into a statue <laughs> and she's like, I, you know, uh, that you wanted a friend. And then she crumbles into dust 
which we now realize that because Madison has the ability to conjure, and as said earlier about the key, that once something serves its purpose, which was shown with the key and the pencil, Irene serves its purpose of giving her a friend. So Madison's conjuring ability, it, it served its purpose with fulfillment, and Irene just turned into dust and collapsed because she was a construct of Madison the entire time. And um, I, I got to say that uh, about halfway through this episode, I paused it to, you know, go to the kitchen or whatever. And I, my, when I watch this with my wife, I always like pausing and be like, what do you think is going to happen? Like we kind of talk about it. And I told her, I was like, what if, you know, I, I, I called this one. I called it straight out. And she then, and, and my host like, I don't know. That's a little weird. I'm like, we'll see. <laughs> like, Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I was like, if it was me, that's where I would go. I was like, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not going to be this, but like the moment she started like turning to dust out, like I was like, yes, not because Irene deserves to die. Cause that's, that's a bummer. But I was like, that's the darkest ending for this. And I'm like, yes, go there. Madison, you know, she deserves to grow, but her projection of Irene and then also Irene leading to the deaths of three girls around Madison has blood on her hands and she, it was subconscious. Now it's very conscious. So she's aware of what she is. Uh, and then the ending of the episode is another new girl comes in the class and Madison looks up and you, you don't know with a hundred percent certainty if this one's conjured or not, but it's kind of implied. I believe so because it is kind of a similar looking girl. Oh yeah. I mean, I agree with you too. I just, but at least it's left with enough, like, you know, it, it's left ambiguous enough of like, is this the time where she, she's now aware and, you know, I don't know. Like, is she going to just keep willing people into existence to keep loving her? And and, and then there's a, a cue right before the, the new girl walks in. And it is Madison carving into her desk again. And then it says, Madison plus Irene BFF. Yeah. So, I mean, like, this is Irene definitely left a mark on Madison. And you can tell that this is going to be a learning experience for her to have moved forward and like how she appreciates different experiences and probably be a lot more guarded because honestly, the question I have mm -hmm. at, at this moment is, is that any person or is it only people that she conjures? Like, cause yeah. is it like, so, Hey, I meet Madison in a bar and she's like, I want a boyfriend. And like, I turn to dust when I turn into her boyfriend. You know what I mean? And I'm a, just a normal person. Like, is it just that the want or the need that she desires takes whoever that person is? And then I, when they fulfill that need, then they turn to dust. Maybe. So there's a little bit of um, it's a good life uh, mixed into this where you you, like you have a main character that doesn't know the extent of their abilities and you don't know what damage they're causing. Because clearly uh, with the existence of Irene, when she shows up to the school, um, she's already on the school register. Like people have evidence of knowing her. Like, does she alter reality around itself? We don't know. And then with Irene disappearing, does that like, does that like loophole close? We don't know. So there's a lot of that where you could speculate and you know, that's fine. This, this is the fun speculation, of the twilight zone where you can kind of spin that out. The episode doesn't give the answers, but you could always ask what if, um, I think that it gives us enough that I don't feel betrayed by any of it. So that's good. Like, like we talked about at the end of season four, of the original series that um, like Richard Matheson talked about how, 
if you stretch something out long enough, it, you're it, like, if you take some of these ideas and, and, and keep have to carry it like longer and longer, you're going to lose any sense of disbelief. And, um, with this one, it's like, it, it lands at the spot and you, you're left to decide what's going to happen next or what's even means. And that shows me that's a mark of an interesting story that is in the van of the twilight zone. Like I think, um, of a lot of them where you always wonder what Rod Sterling would think about some of this. I think he would dig this. I think this harkens back more to the first season of the original series where before he got the feedback from network and fans writing in that they didn't like the darker, ambiguous endings. This, this is one of those, this, um, it kind of, you know, it leaves you wondering and, and wanting, and that's a good thing. I, you know, this was, this was a fun episode. I, I dug it. Um, it, you know, when I, when I say I caught off the ending, it's just a pat on my back. Cause like, I, I always, I don't know why I always want the darkest thing to happen in these, which is, I don't believe I'm a dark person, but I'm like, you set up this, like you set up this hell trap. I want to see bad things happen to people and they deserve it. That's why I talk about the bathroom. I think the bathroom, maybe not in full is hers. Maybe she did find it because of somebody else telling her, I think the bathroom is a physical representation of Madison's mind. Uh, where you see the different graffiti of I am in hell. Uh, and then literally when Irene's looking in the mirror, it's just fake bitch. Like you see um, this thing, this single area looks nothing else like the rest of the episode. And that's where Madison becomes the most unguarded. Like, I think there's a lot there. There's a lot to think about in this episode and I dig it. You know, I, I, I'd never even really thought about that part. And she's the, the only person that, exists in this area now too because the other people are not comfortable yeah. so i mean that is that's a really that's a really interesting concept i'd never even thought about that yeah so there's a lot here to unpack that you can either choose to accept or not and it doesn't change the outcome of the episode it doesn't change the trajectory of it and that's where I, if you would talk about like scratching the itches of things that i like that are like supernatural or mind powers that's where I'm, I, I love that area of it could be and couldn't be, um, and storytelling. I think it's cool. And there's a lot here that credit to Heather Ann Campbell, like there, there's a lot to unpack here and I dig it. So this was a fun, this was a fun episode in the sense of there's a lot to chew on and, um, yeah, I dug it. Hell yeah. I, and you know, honestly, I didn't really appreciate it as much on the first viewing. Yeah. But my second watch, I, even after my discussion with my wife about the episode, she really liked this episode a lot. She she said this was the best for her. And I was like, great, that's awesome. Now it gives me a reason to even dive deeper into this. Why, why did you like it a, a lot more than I did? And I think there is a lot to unpack. And I, especially at the ending, like as, as we're discussing this now, I'm thinking of the movie The Thing. The, the John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. And it's one of our favorite films. Um, that makes you have a lot of questions at the end. Like, why is it played out this way? Who who was The Thing? Yeah. Why are these decisions unfolding the way that they are? And I think that Madison really was in that spot where she knew a hell of a lot more than what she was giving the audience. And then by the time that we all knew there's still a hell of a lot more questions asked yeah, too. Absolutely. Um, there's, there's a Dean Koontz book um, called cold fire that deals a lot with the same idea of like the main character, like dealing with all the shit. And it, it eventually 
comes to light that maybe they're manifesting it against themselves. So they're the ones that have this great power, but they're also their worst enemy. Um, it's an interesting concept, right? So, um, yeah, no, like there's a lot to chew on here. And I, um, so far we're halfway through this season and I feel like we've been five for five and which is, that's not where I was expecting to land so far. Um, like, uh, you know, cause the first season's a little uneven. There's a lot I like about it, but so far everyone has had the good has outweighed any bad. And this may not be my favorite one of the season so far, but just talking to you and just this one, it just kind of reverberates, you know? And that's, I think that's cool. Like, so yeah, I dug it. Um, it's a good episode. And again, uh, credit to uh, the director and the writer, obviously, and then this cast that they may not have had the most experience, but I don't think there's a, like, there's not a, a sour note. There's not a weak link. It's, I mean, in terms of the acting, it's all pretty great. Yeah. I mean, there, there isn't really much that we needed from the different characters, but what we got out of these young actresses, the two leads were yeah, great. That it's exactly what we needed. It tells the story very well. I actually look forward to seeing what we get out of the, the two main actresses. Uh, again, uh, Abby Hearn and uh, Sophia Mancy. Uh, Macy, I'm sorry. Uh, I I think they were great in this. They they were perfect at explaining what needs to uh, be explained. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for our discussion about this episode. Uh, we just got we got to rate this twist because that's what we do here. Just because I hoped that I I believed that um, Irene was a manifestation of uh, Madison, and, and then seeing that it turned out to be correct doesn't change the, like my surprise that that was happening. I'm going to give this a four because I it, you can't can't have this episode of Madison being pretty much a terrible person for a lot of it without her coming out with her nose clean because she does not. So that doesn't surprise me. But having her get emotionally devastated with the realization that she finally opens herself up to herself just to get hurt. I didn't see that coming. So I'll give it a four. Uh, you know, I, I really appreciate your view on that. I, I think I'm going to have to give it a four as well. I, I Especially upon the second viewing, I really was floored by the different parts of the story that I didn't really grasp onto in the, the first watch. And I think it really did, it, it resonated a hell of a lot more on the second watch and when we saw the resolution in the end. Yeah. And I should also state, we've not said this specifically, we rate the twist one out, one out of five of like one being, meh, you know, everybody saw it coming to five, mind-blowing. Doesn't, doesn't affect our rating of the episode, it's just what we rate the twist. I should probably clarify that. So we both give it a four. It's a pretty high-rated twist. I'll give it that. Uh, this episode was great. I, I dug it a lot. I have, I just, I feel like the show's finding its footing in terms of like this, this still kind of even still kind of sneaks in the same theme we're getting of all of them of like how people see themselves. This one's almost in a literal sense. Uh, maybe I'm being a little too broad, but I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of like similar themes running through this. Again, I'm not upset if, if, if you were telling me these are all different um, variants of a flavor I dig, I will eat it up each week. You know, so, uh, and maybe this is what we need. We, maybe we, maybe in 2020, the idea of identity and who people are and how they see themselves, um, 
maybe people feel like because there's so many voices out there and so much front facing social media, maybe this is the people, the things that people are more struggling with. You know, you can see a lot of that running through, you know, so cool. This, this was good episode. And, and if you guys have not watched yet, I know we kind of run through the twist and everything. Um, I don't think us talking about it is going to ruin the episode in a weird way. If you've not actually sat down and watched it yet, this might also give you like the, um, cliffs notes of to look for the cool things as they're happening. So maybe this is a different experience for you. If you know what's going to happen, maybe you'll appreciate the journey through the first time more so than we did. But I, that, again, if the second watch of a Twilight Zone episode makes me like it more, I think that's a good mark of a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with that because there are things that I've watched and I, I hand wave them. I guess my mind's not ready for it, especially when I was younger. I can't, I can't really appreciate certain things when I'm not in a, this, the right yeah. mindset. On a second watch, I mean, there's a, a movie that every time I watch it, I appreciate something from it every single time. 12 Monkeys. Oh, yeah. I love 12 Monkeys. Yeah. I liked it when I was a kid. I absolutely adore that film. And every time I watch it, that and Seven. Oh, yeah. Seven gets stronger each time. Every single time. And so I feel like there are certain episodes of The Twilight Zone in general. I mean, this season is definitely calling back to that same kind of like idea. Rewatch some of these episodes. If you didn't appreciate it the first time, but you still like what we're like discussing here if you if you at all kind of believe that we can find something in in possibly something we did not like in the first place i did not like this episode in the beginning the first watch i was kind of like eh the second watch and really focusing i i adore this episode i i really think that there was a lot to the the bite onto in this you know, second time three, just take some of the foundation off, and then <laughs> there we go. No crow's feet. No, like I dug it the first time through. Uh, like I talked about it being the mini craft. I was just like, no, nah, okay. It's like this episode could have literally been called Mean Girls. <laughs> that would have been appropriate as well. Um, I just watching it the second time and seeing I, again. I, I know I say this over and over again, but if you if you give away the game in front of me the entire time and I'm not smart enough to pick up on it, or you know what you're telling me the entire time, knowing that it's going to snap into place for me later. Hell yeah. Kudos to you. I will always appreciate like, it's, it's like, um, it's like watching a uh, close up magic, like street magician where it's like, it's like, I know you're screwing with me, I'm still going to enjoy the resolution on the trick, but I know you're just screwing with me the entire time. I can't see your sleight of hand until after I realize what you're doing to me. This is, this feels like some close up magic. Uh, so, hell yeah. yeah. That, that, that's a good call. I, I, I think that's kind of what we experienced in this episode. And I think that's what we've been given multiple times throughout twilight zone. And if we watch a little bit closely, we can see it, yeah. but that's still fun too. Like I, here we are a lot more analytical about when we watch an episode and we want to kind of give the audience, our own audience, a little bit more of a discussion. But man, I enjoy it on second watch a lot more sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for our thoughts. Actually, you know what? But, but, but there's one more thing. One more thing. One more thing I was going to mention. 
Uh, and so this episode, the title was Among the Downtrodden. Uh, at the very end of the episode, when uh, we had Jordan Peele teaching the class a very important lesson, like it was an episode of South Park, mm-hmm. uh, there's a poem written on the back wall. And my wife pointed out, she's like, among the downtroddens written on the poem. And I'm like, okay, what is that? And I had to go back and look at it a couple of times because if I wrote among the downtrodden on Google, it got weird. There's another line that I picked up. So there's actually a poem. I'm going to read it right now. I'm going to butcher it. It's from William Wordsworth. It's called She Dwelt Among the Untrodden Ways. It's a very, very small poem. But this is the one that was written on the blackboard at the very end of the episode. So let me read this and then we'll get to how to talk to us in the next episode. <clears throat> She dwelt among the untrodden ways beside the springs of Dove, a maid whom there were none to praise and very few to love. A violet by a mossy stone, half hidden from the eye, fair as a star when only one is shining in the sky. She lived unknown and few could know when Lucy ceased to be, but she is in her grave and oh, the difference to me. You can see how that, like that, inspired and reverberated. There's a lot there. I'm honestly surprised that, um, that Irene was not named Lucy. <laughs> like honestly, after all this, but yeah, that's the actual poem. I, I found it. So I wanted to mention it. So there you go. That was me reading a poem and not butchering it. Congratulations to me. Um, cause I've stepped over everything all the time. Look at us being all learned and shit. All right. Uh, so, uh, you guys can find us on Facebook, strange highways. Uh, you guys could email us directly at strange highways podcast at gmail.com. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Music, um, you know, Podbean, Stitcher, Podcatcher, I don't know, um, plenty of pods, I don't know, whatever you like, wherever you find them, 7-Eleven, um, you know, wherever you get your podcast. Bucket O Pods. Bucket O Pods dot com. Uh, farmers only. I don't know why that would be there, but wherever you get your <laughs> podcasts, um, just find us, rate us, and review us. Uh, recommend this to your friends if you guys like our conversation about the Twilight Zone. Um, I, I've been having a hell of a lot of a fun uh, taking this journey with Terry. I think uh, like taking a step back to cover the Jordan Peele produced season has been like you know all podcasts are kind of a marathon that don't really have an end unless you're doing a true crime podcast where it's like six episodes, super focused. I hope th- I hope there's never an endpoint for this series, but there's ebbs and flows in terms of your enthusiasm. I feel like the Jordan Peele stuff was right place, right time after um, the Barren Wasteland. There was at points <laughs> in season four of the original series. I keep feel like I'm just going to keep shaking all over season four. There was good there. There there was oasises in the distance every so often, but this has been this verdant like lush, like garden to run around in with these five episodes. So it's give it's kind of reignited my passion to do this. So I hope you guys enjoy this as well. So again, if you like it, recommend it. Uh, we should all be staying inside away from people watching TV anyway. So please join the conversation and recommend it to others. Yeah. There's a lot to appreciate about this season. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that don't know about anthology based storylines and they, they don't know how to really breach into something like the twilight zone i think this is a perfect spot like this is this is perfect because we have uh like really good storytelling really good stories uh and really good cinematography and it takes place right now like we're getting up and coming actors and actresses what's not to appreciate about this like take the time 
uh, do your your trial of CBS. Tell everybody, take the trial, check it out. What's to lose? Yeah, I mean, you can for, binge like, all of this in one month. You could binge both seasons, and also just again a reminder, people, if they want to. Uh, conversation about the first seasons on the Patreon that we had launched a while ago. It's patreon.com slash strange highways. All uh, conversation about those 10 episodes are there. So if you want to hear a conversation about not all men or six degrees of freedom, which were also written by Heather Ann Campbell, they're there as well. Yeah. There's a lot of content. Uh, enjoy. Just, I just please interact with us and uh, tell us what you like, what you don't like. Um, but so far this has been a delight. And, and it's been a minute since we've said it, but uh, we appreciate all the feedback that we've gotten recently. We like, that you guys are listening with us. If you are a new listener, hell yeah, yeah. follow us along. Uh, go into our prior seasons and discussions about uh, old episodes and that. Um, this, the, it, we love the feedback. So please tell us how we're doing, and uh, we hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want us to change our menu and then bring out um, uh, mashed potatoes that you use an ice cream scoop for, or what do you call them? Fiestadas? What was it? Fiestadas. Uh, Fiestadas or pizza Mexican buns? Mexican pizzas. They yes. Were. were they the ones that were like the 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 six-sided ones? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, he- I had those. Hexagons, yeah. yeah. Hexagons, yeah, there you go. So anyway. That's so good. Um, as, we, as we dream about pizzas, next episode, mm. this the only thing that's going to bug me about this is that, I, and I know this is on purpose, it's season two, episode six, eight. Is the name of the episode just the number eight? And I'm like, why couldn't this have been the eight episode? But whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, feels like that would have been, but it also been like season two, episode eight, eight. Like, no, that doesn't make sense either. So the, all we have to go off of this one is at the outer reaches of the world, a team of scientists discover a new highly intelligent species. And that's all we got. I think, um, I think uh, Joel McHale's in this one. So uh, it'll be fun. This sounds like it. a Charles Belmont, like kind of. Yeah. Like, I, is this, so. yeah. I hope this like harkens back to something that we've seen in prior seasons. I, yeah, I think this one's going to be more science fiction than we've gotten. Well, I mean, downtime was more sci-fi, but I think this is going to get a little bit more sci-fi-y. Like, so, yeah, looking forward to it. But yeah, uh, in the meantime, have everybody have a safe week. Have a good week. Um, I don't know. Don't be a dick to people because I think that's I think that's important. Uh, you know, remember high school. Remember how bad people were to you, and then don't be bad to other people. Yeah, and don't be a fake bitch. Yeah, and sail on pizza boat. Right, so this one is projecting your mind into another place so you can see things. Uh, the next one is reading people's minds. Conjuration is the ability to materialize objects out of thin air. Dowsing is sensing where water is. Yeah, we don't need to check for that one. I don't care where water is. Right. <laughs> Who needs to know where water is? <laughs>